Coming friend. <laughs> Coming to you from deep inside the wolf den in Los Angeles, California. It's the Brian Howard Show with Brian Howard and his special guest, Dave Cox and a wolf. Yeah. Okay. I thought there was more to that. Sorry. No, I just, there, there could have been more to it. Yeah. Could have kept going. Yeah, so this is Brian Howard, Internet Buddy, and that was, and still is, my good buddy, the Hirsute. I would not never, ever deem to call you a guest. A guest <laughs> implies you are not always here and welcome and part of the action. True. You True. are a co-host of the show. I'm seriously considering changing the name of the show to get my name off it. What? I'll still be the ringleader, whipcracker, whatever you want to call it. Oh. But So it could be like the Dave and Brian show. Yeah, no. No. No, it'll never be that. I just... No, just uh, I'm sorry I brought that up. Mm. No. no, no. It'll just be... Because originally it was for name recognition. I'm right. not super famous. I'm more famous than maybe the average guy. Right. But in the world of podcasting, mm-hmm. no one sees my name and goes, oh, that guy. Right. If they're there, it's because they saw me do a live show. That's so, true. You know what I mean? So why bother with the name? Just say, here's, the, here's me. You saw me do a show at... An event, fair, theater, gig, what have you. You don't mind that the dog is. I, I don't. This is the wolf that I was referring to yeah. in the introduction. Lucy's in the room, so if the you guys wolf. hear a bark at home, it's because Lucy is. So you're saying you're not going to be the Brian Howard show. You're going to be the. Okay, first of all, you're you making this more official than you should. All right. See, already you just said we're now somebody's going to write in now to the podcast page. At oh, Facebook. with an idea for a new name for the show? <laughs> that sounds like a great contest. It is. If we were officially going to do that, but that's not why I broached it. Well, let's make it an unofficial contest then. You're it's running with this. I didn't. I didn't fire a gun. Right in. I didn't drop a silk like that scene in Greece. And at the end, no one wins oh, anything. God. No, I don't. I'm not saying I we're gonna officially do that. No, it's a weird for you to bring it up at all. Then really, it is. Another point. Anyway, welcome back. All right, welcome. Thanks for having uh, me, Brian. People it's have been exciting. asking lately. Uh, I've just finished doing a gig uh, here in Southern California where every day I was at the uh, the Renaissance Pleasure Fair. I was out there. I saw you. You were fantastic. Thank you very much. If and I saw you at that fair, I would want to listen to you in my car. Exactly. And I, started, around. and I started mentioning the podcast during the show, which is what I used to aggressively when the podcast was a regular weekly thing. Right. Uh, since the podcast now obviously is a biannual thing, <laughs> Am I, I think I'm using that right. Semi-annual, biannual. Semi, I don't know. Whatever. Twice, There's twice a, a year is semi. No, a groundhog comes out of its hole, looks yeah. around, and if it sees some podcasting equipment, we do a show. Exactly. Otherwise, no. That's right. So you can hear that. Uh, I don't know. So we're back. We're, we we got to get back to it. And yeah. we already did. I already did an episode with. I think Jenny was on. Uh, the unkillable Jennifer Lynn, one of the other co-hosts of the show. She's great. And we talked the psychology of what was going on in my head when we weren't doing it. Oh, I should have listened to that episode. You don't listen to the show that you're on? Uh, no, I only listen to the shows that I'm on. Oh, so yeah, when this gets posted today, yeah. you'll listen to it tomorrow. Oh, time. yeah, I'll make my family listen to it. The but the one day. previous this, the reissue of The Wives, I, the one with Jack before that. I'm the one not with on those, am I? Okay. I don't care. All right, well, here's the deal. Uh, so we're not going to rehash. Oh, good. But for your sake, did you have any questions? Did I, did I have any questions? About the, the quasi- Unofficial, maybe hiatus. Well, Brent, I assume that we went on a quasi uh, 
hiatus yeah. because uh, you had some huge plans that you were doing, some mm-hmm. uh, some edifice you were building, some mm-hmm. uh, new show you were working on. Uh, yeah. You know, something huge is what uh, I think we all assumed. Yeah. Is that why we weren't hearing from you so frequently is because something awesome and amazing was going on. Well, so what was that awesome and amazing thing? Um, getting right in the head. What? Oh, getting right in the head. Really? Still working on it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, one thing is the new show. Let's call it the new show, even though it's the same show. We had to move the URL and the feed change, so we've lost almost all of our subscribers. So, oh. we're starting from scratch. I think, and that also got to me. Okay, let me backtrack. A bit. Yeah, yeah. Go once again. I didn't want to rehash all this, but, but your question was: Was there a thing? Uh-huh. No. Other than I was starting to have a bit of a mental difficulty with this format. Hmm. The format of sitting around and just bullshitting with your friends. and uh... The format of sitting around bullshitting with your friends into a microphone and having to go out into the world where you feel a sense of need to entertain the people at the other end of the microphone. Hmm. And they're not in the room to feedback or to give reaction to it. Huh, that does seem like exactly what we're doing. It is what we're doing, but it affected me different than it obviously did you. Yeah, yeah, I guess it did. And I can't believe there's somebody in the world more shallow than me, but maybe I'm looking at him right now. <laughs> right. But here's, go ahead. I just believe when people like you and I are gifted with this uh, incredible gift of, uh, of comedy and art. How many, how many ways does your arm bend to get that? Uh, oh, to pat myself on yeah, the back? I've yeah. actually hired several people to do that for okay. me. Uh, they're out in the car. Say that sentence again, but tone down. Yeah, a little bit of the. All right, I'm just saying when All when right. people like you and I are. Uh, it, it sounds better if you. Okay, how about if you? Because when you say I, you sound you sound a bit like an egotist. All right, how about this? Just just when, leave yourself out of the sentence. Okay, all right. So talk to me. Just make it all about you. All right. No, okay. I see what you're saying. No, I'm just, just saying make it all about I will If I were to say the same sentence, I would yeah. say people like you, Dave, when they have the gift, and I would talk about you, but I would be included in the room, I guess. No, and I wouldn't sound quite as. I'm helping. I'm helping you not sound. Douchey, ah, oh, a little douchey, a little. When you put yourself in there, people that are gifted like me, right? Well, listen, Brian. First of all, nobody's as gifted as I am. I think okay. that's something we should probably uh, establish here. All right, finish your you sentence. I'm just saying, Brian. When people like you, who have such an incredible gift given by their creator, by evolution, whatever, whatever, the flying spaghetti monster, whoever mm-hmm. gifted you with this incredible gift of sacrifice to some sort of fairy sprite when you were a child. I don't know what happened. You leave a small saucer of milk for the pixies on your back doorstep. Yes. I don't know what you do, but you're great. And okay. once you've got that talent, you need to share that with the world. Mm-hmm. And not everybody can make it to a renaissance fair or a, a theater, rented black box theater. Yeah, or a theater. Right. Uh, or pony up the 20 bucks it takes to have me come to your house. Right. Is that all it takes? Yeah. 20 um, bucks? Well, not for a show. Uh-huh. Different thing. What anyway. Would you, what would you do for 20 bucks? Um, uh, off air. <laughs> but here's the deal. You, yeah. you you hit on a good point. All right. But everything that you know that I do, mm-hmm. we're both blue-collar live entertainers. I'm more of a dilettante, really, entertainment. Not sure. Oh, is that a step above blue collar? Uh, I don't know. It's just a different approach. Okay. Okay. I'm a bit haughtier, perhaps. A bit haughtier. Haughtier. Uh, Haughty. The uh, the feedback is important. Uh, oh, it is. I would get nervous, and I don't get nervous on stage usually ever. You're. It's amazing the I, comfort you have on that stage. It's amazing. Well, okay. When I'm doing my thing, there we go. Let me, mm-hmm. let me put a little uh, little little wrinkle in that. I don't right. get nervous doing my thing and and or or in somebody else's thing if it's. 
if I still get to be me. Like I've done some, uh, I do a show in the winter in the Baltimore area, which is a, it's themed uh, Christmassy, and I'm part of a cast oh. uh, with Spencer Hum, who you know, and right. he produces this charitable event. Is there anybody else you know that might have been You there? were in it? Oh, I did that. That's, that's right. right. I'm sorry. Yeah, I wasn't there the true. year we were there, so... Were, was yeah, I? Totally I was. Was I? <laughs> I'm sorry. You totally were. Was that me standing that's, behind that's you? That's when we really bonded, the two of us. I did that's, did that's the two the of us bonded, uh, or did one of us bond well, and the other one? just one of us did, and the other one is... We yeah. were like two pieces of wood, and you only put the glue on yourself. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> and I was that weird piece of non-porous material that just falls off later. Apparently so. I didn't, you I were the rear view mirror look. to my front windshield. Right. Uh, I'm sorry. You were part of that show. Anyway, was. but that... I digress, but that show was in within my wheelhouse, so that mm-hmm. was fine with my comfort zone. Yep. Uh, this wasn't for a while. After huh. a while, it started not being. You guys would leave. We would record a show. I would sit here and do the post-show edit, which is just uh, sound issues. We don't obviously edit anything, anything out, and mm-hmm. uh, we have the occasional audio glitch. We have to fix that, sure. and that's it. And then the show goes out within right. like hours after we're done. This will mm-hmm. be live uh, tonight, probably Thursday night, uh, May uh, t- uh, 26th. I started uh, it, and, and I am. I didn't want to go down the rabbit hole, but to answer your question, mm-hmm. yes, I'm comfortable doing that thing that you claim I'm good at. Thank you very much. I appreciate sure. that. However, doing this, I, I don't think not having the instant human response started to get to me uh, mm. psychologically. There so, we go. Is that good? Sure. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I get it. Yeah. All right. Can I get up from the couch now? Yeah, totally. Get up. Mm. Put on some pants, for God's sakes. I know. Sorry about that. So how have you been otherwise? Now that we got that out of the way, welcome back. Dave Cox. Thanks. Delighted to be back, Brian. It's great to see you. Good to see you. Okay. (sighs) That was a good show. Yeah, it was. Anyway, uh, are you a Toast fan? I I do. I love Toast. Now, here's my thing. Who doesn't love Toast? uh, Communists and the Taliban. That is, I've they hate us that. for our toast. I've seen the posters. Yeah, I just made like an English before you got here. I had an English muffin that was uh, the wife bought uh, a whole wheat one, oh. so they're brown. Yeah. Well, yeah. What, what yeah. Do you, yeah. I'm anticipating this story is going to go in a direction of I was really excited to eat a delicious English muffin, and then I bit into it and realized it was whole wheat and spit it out. No. 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 Had what? no problem with it being whole wheat. Had a really? problem with it being what? brown what because twist. when you put bread in a toaster that's already brown, mm-hmm. you don't get the visual stimulation, 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 stimulation of it being crispy. Huh. Think about that. I guess that's now, true. Now, is that me being crazy? No. <laughs> it's really I think it is. Don't say no. Think- don't be nice to me right now. I need right. help. I need help. The, the, the new direction well, of the show is... what was your objection to it? I mean, did you really object? I, you were like, not, screw you, non-browning <laughs> English muffin. Oh! No, I put... I, the toaster... You deserve fi- to be called an English... You're a Welsh muffin. <laughs> the toaster finished. Ah, I love man muffin. <laughs> I love white. I love man. Yeah. The uh, No, the toast came up. The, the seed, I can't call it toast. The muffin came up. It didn't look toasted enough. I push mm. it back down in the toaster, reset it for another cycle of toasting. Oh, it comes up a second burnt. time. It was not burnt. It wasn't very well toasted. But the little bit it was wasn't even visually stimulating. And then I realized, why do I give a damn? But mm. I do. Well, men are visual creatures, Brian. Yeah. Yeah. That's why we've invented the bikini. Mm. And most women's undergarments. Yeah, that's right. But that's only because they were all invented back in the era where men were the robber barons and the controllers of the purse strings of of business, right? These days. These days. 
little more equality in the world. A little more equality, I suppose. Not enough. I'm going to just say not enough. Of course not. Everybody Ladies. needs to be involved. Um, yep. So I saw the uh, winter concert last night. Saw the Who. I saw you post on Facebook. This yeah, morning went to the Who. Out. One of my favorite bands. My favorite band, really. Is the Who really? Oh yeah, yeah. You ever seen the Who? I've never seen them live. Uh, then you well right. Well yeah. What is that? What other way do you see a band? Well, oh, you mean you like, see them on television? Oh okay. You see them. You know, you see them perform. To me, a second. Which yeah. last concert you went to? Uh, last concert, uh, I just went uh, to a concert. Uh, I saw Ben Folds. Ben Folds. Ben Folds downtown at the Orpheum. Yeah. yeah. Did he have his five with him or just him? Uh, he actually there were uh, six. So uh, people. Ben Folds six. He had a full uh, string section and a full uh, horn section and a drummer. So he had seven. It was Ben Folds and seven people. And then surprise, Kesha. 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 You mean K E dollar sign H A? That's correct. Yes. Now those two artists, I would not rattle off in the same sentence. How did that? I mean, she was on stage performing. She was on stage she with came Ben on Folds. With Ben Kesha. Folds. Yes. Okay. Yeah. How did how did how did that occur? I I don't know the entire backstory, but uh, he said that they were supposed to do a uh, duet of Bob mm-hmm. Dylan, uh, a tribute to Bob Dylan on mm-hmm. the the big award show on right. Sunday, mm-hmm. and uh, that Sony had stepped in and said uh, you can't do it. So, Sony. Sony. Well, why do they Sony have any has say in the Cash's matter? contract? There's and been she, all that uh, incredible scandal, right? Okay, uh, since See, we I, last met about I'm, her producer right, and right. you know and trying to escape and she right. was assaulted. Uh-huh. Uh, she says and uh, bullied and you know so she wanted out of the contract, but uh, she can't get out of the contract. And then Sony stepped in and said, "Yeah, you can't even do this Bob Dylan thing." So she got mad and Ben Folds got mad, and uh, so he had her come on stage. Uh, and do it live uh, for us, which was pretty cool. Yeah, uh, and told everybody that Sony was preventing them from singing at the awards. And suddenly, Sony changed their mind, and they said, "Great, go ahead and sing at the awards." And it was apparently awesome. Good for them. Yeah. What song do they do? Yeah, what Dylan song. Um, I'm not sure. Did it involve traveling down a road? And uh... Uh, it ain't me, babe. Is one uh, they did two in the concert. I don't know which one they did at the uh, at the awards. All but right. It ain't me, babe. Was the uh, the really it amazing. ain't me, babe. Yeah. No, no, no. I don't do a Dylan. Do you oh, do a Dylan? Everybody does a Dylan. I don't do a Dylan. I don't do most of the impersonations most people do. Really? You know that about me. You're the voice guy. I just true. Yeah, I, I could do a few accents. Yeah. Oh, well, you're great at accents. I can, no, no, no. I can do Brian. This mm. is Brian. Oh, that's really, Hi. really good. I'm Brian. That's what I said. It's really good. Okay, now here's Brian uh, living in Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. Hi, this is Brian. That is subtle. subtle. But it's there. It's there. Yeah. I'm glad that as an artist, uh, it's you, that's a good point. You know, who, who owns your art? Mm-hmm. In the recording industry, I guess you sign a contract. That's how you get yourself seen and stuff. Anyway, I'm sorry. I'll, you know that 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 leads to another thing I want to ask you a question about. But um, back to the Who, they come out. By the way, Staples Center. We got some uh, premium ring tickets off of a reseller. Pretty happy, me and cool. the wife. Good time. Twelve twelve dollars and fifty cents for a beer. Oh, really? Yeah, so I had to limit myself to four. Was it a gallon of beer? It was. No, it was a big beer, but not a gallon. Mm. Slowest human being in the world getting the uh, snacks for us. We we got in, we get a little bit of snacky snack, a little drinky drink, decide to get another drinky drink for going to our seats. We haven't even been to our seats yet. Mm. The opening act is still doing its thing. <clears throat> Didn't see them. I forgot what they were called. Doesn't matter. 
So now we're at the counter waiting, going to get one more drink to go in and sit down and get ready for the big show. Mm -hmm. And somebody reacts behind me in line. They go, oh, who are you? I hear it. And and he bolts as if the band has just come out on stage. And so I also uh, slap uh, Maria's ticket down and say, can you, because she's not the Who fan. Oh. She's she's just there because you know when you're married and you go to a thing you you bring the spouse, <laughs> right? Right. Right. Yes, I've yeah. been to I've been to baby showers. Even if right, yeah. even if the kid, uh, those spouse is not into the thing, sure. Right, yeah. you got to go. You right. got to smile. If it's you're not your thing, you got to be. Um, I don't know. Patient if 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 it's if it's your thing and not there. You do. You got to be patient. You got to be good. You got to go along. You got to put on the happy face. Yeah. I I for instance I think Ben Fold is an awesome guy. Yeah. I really enjoyed him. The I'd wife. probably want to have him over at the house. Um, but not not really on my music rotation. Oh well, now maybe not, he is. Maybe he could be. Maybe yeah. he could be. I, really I could see you digging did. Ben Fold. Yeah, ben Fold. Ben Fold. Yeah. But my wife. Huge fan, ah. so I got the tickets for her. Ah, see, that's yeah. sweet of you. Yeah. Whereas I just kind of dragged my wife along to something that was all about me. <laughs> so the band fun. starts, and I drop her ticket on the counter. I slap the 40 bucks that we're going to need for the next round of one glass of wine and one <laughs> beer. Yeah. Seriously, glass of uh, order of wine, beer, burger fries, burger fries, 50 bucks. Wow. Staples Center. Wow. So now we're going to get another round of drinks. I figure it's going to be at least 30 or something. So I yeah. slap down the, t- t- honey, you got to go. She goes, and she's with me. She's cool. She says, yeah. oh, no, it's okay. I'll, I'll find you. Team player. So, right. Team player. Go in there. It turns out they're not starting yet, so I came back. But the woman who's bringing the drinks, slow. So Wait, so you had time to slap down your money, go into the theater, realize that who wasn't performing, well, come back, find your wife Well, there, still waiting for the drinks? Yeah, well, it's 10 yards. It's the little little VIP level of the Ring of Staples, not the lower oh, nice. concourse, just one level. Not, it's not super uber box up top, but it's right. mid-level, a little more pricey right. seats. I've been there. Okay. Yeah. I just didn't choose that. It's just that's what was available on the StubHub, whatever the hell it was. So, I, You know what? Uh, a fascinating thing about you, Brian, is yeah. your humility. It's fascinating. Why? What did it's I humility. just say? Well, because you're like, ah, it's you know, it's a little VIP. I, I don't want to. I don't want to be a dilettante. I wouldn't be forced into. I was forced into doing it. I wouldn't have chosen it. But it's that's the one we happened to get. It happened to be great. I don't. But it really had nothing to do with me. Yeah. yeah. Whereas I, like I would be. Okay. Oh, guys, this is awesome. Yeah. I went to this uh, ticket reseller and I got these sweet VIP seats. Oh yeah. Yeah, but you didn't make it about you just then. You just said that the purchase was cool. Right. Sure. Yeah. yeah so you're true. the same as me. You don't. You don't. I, I, yes, okay, yes. I don't like being seen as being pretentious at all about anything. Right. I hate that. So I fight back against it at every opportunity. You certainly do. Yeah. yeah. I live in a decent neighborhood, but I always remind people that I have the runt house. Right. <laughs> you know, we have, we have a neighborhood where you say, oh, you live in Northeast LA. Oh, you live in that neighborhood. Oh, you know, mm. that's, okay, that's on the way up. So like, yeah, it's sure. a nice neighborhood. Sure. But I live in a little runt house. Oh. You know, this is a small ass house. Yeah. Anyway, could you reach into the bedroom really quick from there? There we go. Grab that underwear. Awesome. What? Thank you. What? Implying how small the house is yeah, that you could right. reach to grab the underwear for. No, me. I get it. I totally get it. Yeah. Anyway, slow woman. So it was a scare. Thought I missed the because <laughs> you don't want to miss the opening moment. Right when they come out on stage. Yeah, that's the moment. The big. Yeah. That's the energy. That's when it sweeps. A over. lot of energy of rock concerts. I don't know if it applies to guys like us, but for famous, well, maybe famous. I mean, again, here I'm being super humble, but super famous uh, comedy variety people mm-hmm. walk out. Maybe it's a big deal. Yeah. Rock band, The Who, mm-hmm. that moment when they first walk out, you need to be there for that. Yeah. And a lot of the energy of a rock concert is there they are. Mm-hmm. There's Roger Daltrey. There's Pete Townsend. 
I kept leaning over to Maria during the concert saying, you know this song we're listening to? This is Bob O'Reilly. That guy down there on the right, the guitar, he wrote this song. <laughs> the recordings, you've heard of it over the years, over the radio and stuff. That's these two guys, plus two other guys and some you know, session guys. Mm, but true. these are the two guys. Anyway, so the band hadn't started. I just walked the 10 yards back because mm-hmm. it's not a giant, I don't know what you're picturing, but it's a little narrow hallway. <laughs> And the woman, uh, we then we get up, and now, but now I'm nervous. Now I'm like, well, what, what if the lights suddenly kill, and I'm here waiting for Slowpoke Mix Pokerson, mm. this woman, just unbelievable, not in any hurry at all. Wow. And I don't get that. I don't get that at a concert. I don't. I get that at a fast food. Sure. Fast food. You're just there for the food. You're in McDonald's. Mm. You're going to get your horrible meal that's bad for you, mm-hmm. but you like the taste. So you're going to sit over here and you're going to eat it. Sure. That's it. It's the end of that equation. Same thing at a venue. There's a show about to start. Mm-hmm. Major show. Move, move with more haste, please. Was she an okay. older uh, lady? She was not older. She was slightly large. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would say she's probably no older than me. Oh, okay. Well, you okay. are pretty old. <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> No, I found... Uh, so hurry up is all I'm saying. If you're working all, at Staples Center, sure. you're at the snack bar on the VIP level or right. any level, act as if the person waiting for their thing... Has somewhere to go and something Has to somewhere do. to go. Because guess what? They do. Because you're in the very venue where they have a place right. to go. And there are 20 people behind you that also have some yes. place to go. And Pete Townsend's I- about to walk on stage behind me. And if I miss that because of you, oh, I'd be I'll talk about it on a podcast. Yeah, you should. Jennifer. <laughs> No, I don't. I don't remember what her name was. Name tag. Uh, the, the reason I said she was older is because I've uh, I've noticed with uh, you know when I go to fast food, um, the care and uh, like if you get anybody over forty who's taking your order at a fast food place, it'll be correct. Right. It'll just be correct mm. because they'll go like yes, no lettuce. Uh huh. No, it was no tomato, right? Yes. No tomato. Mm-hmm. Don't you wanted extra cheese? Yes. Mm-hmm. Making sure extra cheese is selected and there. Now they're double checking things. They're putting. Oh, did you want a diet coke or a regular coke? A regular coke. Well, that's what I got you. Whoa, ah, mm. it's like correct. Yeah. So that's always. It takes a little extra time. But yeah, but you can't screw up. A, they. It's. It's a counter at. I hear what you're saying, but at state. Look, there were like two kinds of wine to get, mm-hmm. six kinds of beer. I just said the name of the beer. And Maria said the name of the wine. Mm-hmm. That's it. She had the Cabernet and I had the IPA. Boom. Done. Was there pouring that had to be done or was it yes. really just reaching over and yes. adding Yes. It was not like pre-packaged cans of beer and wine. Mm-hmm. I guess they could do that. They could do that. That's that they, But anyway, just to hurry up. And also, when that moment happens where they do walk out on stage, mm-hmm. uh, lights go out. Mm-hmm. You see the, the, the way the Who walks out now. Obviously, it's the, only two guys, the original guy, Roger and Pete. Right, okay. right. And yeah. I, I just I have to before sure. you go on. Sure, I have to, the idea of prepackaged wine. If the Capri Sun people oh, ever genius, like I know where you're going. Pair up, yeah, yeah, with a winery. Why not? Wine, just wine in a bag. Just you got that straw. Everybody wine loves sticking that straw. Everybody in loves there. doing that. There's nobody love that finds that annoying. Nobody uh, finds that annoying. No, everybody loves it. You have a kid. You know how annoying I that do. is. I do. I used so to good. punch it through the damn bag. <laughs> Both sides. It's hard. Do. For me, <laughs> was it easy for you as a dad? Uh, it was pretty easy for me. All right, uh, I'm the inept one here. No, one time I did stick it all the way through and into my own hand, like right, like early in the day. <laughs> you just started just drinking, like, didn't and realize uh, it. Uh, this uh, tastes very hemoglobin. So plasma-y. Uh, 
drinking your own blood for like yeah. five minutes. Right. And the thing is, and I'm getting lightheaded. Is this alcoholic? Oh. Oh. And once people have three or four of them, can you imagine them trying to get the straw and then? Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. They've already drank a pint of their own blood. Oh, it'd be so good. All right. I'm calling the Capri Sun people tomorrow. All right. Well, they do that at some events I've done. They have these little prepackaged, tiny little, like uh, eight ounce, um, little, they look like little um, carafes. Mm-hmm. People at home, Dave is being literally loved on by every animal in every the world. Animal in There's only two, but they're <laughs> both still. they're both deciding that Dave's the one mm. to talk to. Um so we go to the concert, we sit down, right. we, we we find our seats, great seats. VIP, there you go. Yeah. And that was awesome. Got a good deal at them. Reseller. Didn't cost as much as you might even guess. Okay, now the cat's coming to me. So the band comes out, and yep. I'm not one of those guys that habitually well I guess I am. Everybody stands up usually when a big act comes out mm-hmm. on stage. And if you're going to a rock concert, you're there because the act coming out is one that you like. Oh, sure. And that's I've always found that kind of nicely cathartic about a rock concert. Everybody in this room is the same kind of fan you are. Mm-hmm. And that there's this kind of nice brother and sisterhood to it, you know? Yeah. You know, and, when you go to see the Foo Fighters, you don't have to worry about, oh, you hear your favorite Foo Fighters song. Oh, this is my favorite song. Then you realize the whole room is singing it because guess what? It's 10,000 other people's right. favorite song, which right. I don't know. There's there's a nice. Uh, right. It's like when you go to see Dexie's Midnight Runners. Yeah. You're like, ah, oh, come on, Eileen. Come yeah. on. It's going to yeah. happen. And that's how bold they are. They open with that. Right. And they that's open it. with that's it. That's all they have. That's, that's it. it. They close with open with it. They play an encore, then they close, they with, close it, with it, and it. then they play another encore. And then they play it again. Just have come on, Eileen. Then it's uh, okay. Yeah. Uh, and then Tiffany comes out. Tiffany. She does her, uh, her don't, greatest Please hit. don't make us seem that old. I won't. So anyway, the, they, they come out, and here's how they come out on stage. The five guys that are in support of them, start. they walk out in that little kind of twilight that rock concerts put sure. their stage mm-hmm. in, or you, you know, you can see the artist walking out, but they're not really in full light yet. Right, and those guys are pretending the audience isn't there. They're just they're going to their guitar, to their they're going to put their strap on, yep. saying hi to each other. How you doing, buddy? Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. All right. And not much of a wait, not much of a wait. Just seconds after them, Roger Pete come out. They get spotlights, of yeah. course. Then the crowd starts going nuts. Then they get rigged. Still wearing the dim stage lights, even though those two are in spotlights. Mm-hmm. And then opening, everybody's on their feet now, including me. We all stand up. Roger, you have so to stand up. But I'm in that VIP section. I'm up there. So I keep dropping it now. I'm so aware of the word VIP. I'm saying it on purpose Just now. make it part You're of your making... world, man. Make it part of your world. So we're in this section, but we're in a section that has a great view. Mm-hmm. Okay? There's nothing obstructing us at all. Everyone in our section can stay seated, have a wonderful view of the stage. Mm-hmm. We're not super right up close to it, but we're right. close enough. Okay. And of course, they have the big Diamond Vision screen, so mm-hmm. you get these wonderful full-on images of everybody in the band. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of us stand up, including me. Opening core, big windmill, of course, Who Are You? They always open uh, with that. Everybody sure. goes, nuts! Ah! They go into Who Are You? Most of us in the, our group, and, we, and, and this is the Who. Mm-hmm. Most of us in the area are age range. <laughs> you know, it's not a young crowd. There's right. there's kids there. I saw teenage kids there with their parents. So good on good on them. But mm-hmm. we're all in our forties, some fifties, some sixties around yeah, us. Sure, yeah. You know, we're you know we're old classic rock people. Mm-hmm. Most of us sit down. All of us sit down except for one dude. The one dude who doesn't sit down is on the end of an aisle. Next to him is one of the staircase that leads out to the little leads out to the little portal, or where I guess they call them portals, you know, in those mm-hmm. stadiums. So he's got he's got nobody in front of him, nobody, just mm-hmm. the railing for the staircase, which isn't even obstructing his view at all. He has no reason to stand. Mm-hmm. This is the opening song. This is "Who Are You" being sung by the Who in front of me. Mm-hmm. The only time I'm going to see it live, probably. I mean, come on, they're seventeen seventy one yeah, or seventy one seventy two. It's not going to be much longer. And I'm leaning to the right 
because Pete and Roger are on the on the stage left, so I'm leaning. Well, it doesn't matter stage direction, but I, I'm going to the right side of this dude's body, right. who's two rows in front of me, leaning, and I can keep an eye on those two guys. But I want to see the whole experience. I want the whole visual yeah. of the stage. Halfway through the song, I have to get up and I have to tap him on the shoulder. I give him the little please sit down, and he does mm. to his credit. But who does that? Who stands up anymore at concerts like but, that in that environment? This is sure. not Husker Du. God, there's a reference. This is not Rage Against the Machine. <laughs> Okay. Nobody's doing it's not ska a, dancing. Yeah, is this is not it's not Coachella. Sure. This is the Who. You're in your forties at least. Yeah. You've heard all these songs before. Yes, the energy of the room is palpable. We all stood up when they walked out, but now they're 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 settling into rocking out the first song. Have a seat in your comfortable chair. Right. Chair's a little more comfortable in this part of the world, I guess. Uh enjoy the wonderful view we all have. The seats seats are raked enough mm-hmm. where nobody's head is in front of anybody else. Mm-hmm. You can see perfectly fine. You're now only standing for I, just I don't, joy and appreciation you know the yay and then right. well that was great that same guy but he the, did sit and the second he sat and he yeah. was cool guy yeah. behind me pats me on the shoulder thumbs up thanks <laughs> thanks for being the one that does it you're a hero and i've done that before yeah i shut some kids up at a theater once there been guy behind me taps me nice job all right i'm that guy i'm the guy that's gonna tell you politely mm-hmm. politely please sit down i gave the little pray gesture please yeah, sure. for the love of god sure Sit down. Uh, that same guy was at the Ben Folds concert. But don't concert. stand up. He stood up? Same guy was at the Ben Folds concert. Stood up the whole time. Uh, ben Folds. You had seats. Out. Yeah, we had seats. Okay, we had great seats. seats. This is not a floor thing where you're standing. No, 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 no. There's no reason to remain There's standing. no reason to remain standing. It's Ben Everyone Folds. Everyone is sitting down. It's Ben Folds. Ben Folds at the Not Orpheum. Judas Priest. At the not Orpheum. Judas Priest. At the Orpheum. 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 Beautiful sit-down theater downtown Los Angeles. His band, it's Ben Folds. It's a cello, a viola, and a violin. It's a trumpet, a double berry sax. Uh-huh. Uh, and a flute, and a a, drummer. a flautist, a flautist. So not not exactly, you know, the heavy hard rock, you know, explosions of blood and fireworks uh, at some other rock concert. Uh-huh. But everybody stands up. Yeah. Then everybody sits down yep. except one guy, one dude, one guy, and he's vocal. He's like, "Come on, man, this is rock and roll." At a Ben Fold, stand up. Really? He's Seriously. egging you on. Yeah. He's, he's egging uh, you on. He's egging us on. And at he Ben is, Folds. And he's whacked, man. Of he's just course like, come on. Oh, it's man. a rock concert. <laughs> Screw you guys. I'm going to stand up. I'm sorry. <laughs> and then people. <laughs> That's behind. how you know you're drunk with the end of every sentence. You have the need to yeah, apologize. I'm sorry. Everything you just said. <laughs> so he's standing over and he's in the, like the right section. So uh-huh. he's standing and the entire theater is sitting down uh-huh. except for this guy. And then the two people behind him have to stand up. Oh, and then the exactly. Two people behind it's him a domino effect. Up. That's why I just sit this yeah. dude down. There was a wedge, like a pyramid of people having to stand up to look over the people only in that section. Yeah. Uh, and he was the apex of the He pyramid. was the apex. And finally he sat down. Finally. <sighs> How many songs did he stay up? Um, most of the way through the first song. All right, so about and not too bad. Okay, not I, too b- bad. About the time I sat my my dude down, I think enough people went, dude, come on, dude, just get out of my way, come on, man. Yeah, that he finally sat down. Because I've gone to concerts where they want you on your feet, and they'll even say, "Everybody stand up," but they, that's not going to happen at the Who, right? Probably not going to happen at Ben Folds. Probably not. No. Okay, you go to a Kanye concert, Kanye, you better be crippled. Beyonce, even then. You're not going to get off the hook. You got to stand up, Beyonce, right. Kanye, all those. You got to mm-hmm. get up. You got to get up. You got to get up at rap. Yep. Hip hop. You got. You're up. Where are your hands going to be? Heavy, heavy, Where heavy, heavy metal. You're thrashing. You're banging mm-hmm. up in the air like 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 you just don't care. Right. That's where they're going to be. Mm-hmm. And th- that's when you do it. But not classic rock. The Who. 
Yeah. It's the Who. You're going to stand. You're going to be motivated. You've heard these songs before. It's awesome to see them live. Right. But enjoy your seat. Right. Cup holders in the seat in front of you. Yeah. A song opens with a violin riff. <laughs> you know, and and that is joined by everyone on your feet. Yeah, bang that cello. Oh, he's breaking out the hurdy gurdy. Oh yeah. All right, let's take a quick break, and we'll be back with more conversation with me and my buddy Dave here on the return, the, the Dave and Brian show. Of the Brian. Anyway, we're back, sort of, with Brian, Dave, and the Wolf. That would be our FM drive time show. Absolutely. Brian, Dave, and the Wolf. Uh, welcome back to the show. If you're new to the Brian Howard Show, this is it. Uh, if you're a returning, I don't want to say the customer, listener, uh, welcome back as well. We're going to get back to doing these shows more often. Maybe not as quickly or as often as we did. Maybe the strain of a weekly hour of audio entertainment being pumped out to the masses, that is what got in my head. Maybe that was the culprit. Maybe if I slow down our production pace to twice, maybe three times a month. Huh? I don't know, Brian. I think you're just letting yourself off the hook there. Thanks, man. I just look at it as hanging out with one of my best friends, just rapping and talking. And then you're here as well. So you like Lucy? I do. That's a good uh, dog. It is a good dog. So basically, uh, here's the way the show works. We put this out. It's free. You subscribe on uh, iTunes. Obviously, the people listening right now, you've already found the show. You responded to a link I put out on Facebook. Go ahead and like the Brian Howard Show over on Facebook. That's where we put our questions. That's where we do audience feedback. We read comments on there. In fact, we have a few comments on there today I'm going to read. Um and please support the show. We're currently sans advertisement. We had advertisers. Uh, they have gone the way of the dodo. We went into that on a show a while ago. I don't want to go rehash it, but let's just say if you're out there and you'd like to be a supporter of the show and you have an online way to people to buy your product, service, or thing, and you want to push some traffic your direction, hey, drop us a line over at the Facebook page or at my uh, domain, Brian Howard Comedy. Uh, if you're listening from the uh, website and you want the episodes to download automatically, go over to iTunes Store, look for The Brian Howard Show, subscribe to it over there. They will download automatically. Uh, what else? There's a link. There's a link. There's a link over there on the webpage. If you're over at the webpage or if you're not, if you're looking at your thing, head over to brianhowardcomedy.com. You'll see a PayPal link and drop something into our hat. Think of this as virtual busking. That's right. We're doing this we're trying to make the world a happier funny more creative place and by god we could use a couple bucks to pay for bandwidth for storage this ain't free people now brian it's free at your end but not at mine anyway go ahead i need to buy some cat food and deodorant yeah is there any possible way that buying those things could also benefit the show well dave thanks for asking because if you go over to the uh, website brian howard comedy there's also an amazon link and it's a click-through if you know how those things work they're awesome whenever you're shopping on amazon don't go straight there go to brian howard comedy first find the amazon uh, click-through over at the podcast page every episode usually has the amazon button on it but if it doesn't just scroll down to you find one of them click on that it'll spark up amazon for you do your regular shopping like you normally would that lovely hover device will come to your house and drop off your nine pounds of soft cheese 
and uh, Amazon will drop a couple nickels into our account. That's great because, I'm glad you brought that up, Dave, it doesn't cost you a dime, Not more a dime. than you're already going to spend anyway. Some people right. like to donate to causes. Not really cause, you know. We're for we're we'd love to be for profit. We're not we're not trying to save the world here. We're just trying to make the world funnier. Why lie about it? Uh, and some people don't want to donate to causes, but they wouldn't mind if their little purchases went to a cause. Sure. There we go. Right. Sure. So anyway, yes. we're back. And I promise we will uh, do more of these uh, shows. We were talking before the break about going to see the Who and people standing up in there and and everything. And I was curious. I had a, a couple recent uh, things. That I just wanted to ask you about, Dave, as a fellow sure. performer. Let's go. Uh, recently, and this is kind of old news now because we haven't done a show quite recently, but there was a moment, uh, God, it was like a couple months ago, maybe a month and a half ago. Mm-hmm. Okay, it was five years ago. Uh-huh. I actually don't remember how long ago. Hillary Clinton was, um, I guess, in New York getting the endorsement of Bill de Blasio, mayor of New York. Mayor of New York. Mayor of New York. And I guess they were doing an, a uh, sort of a fundraiser with cast members from uh, the hit musical Hamilton. Yeah. And famously in the political world, uh, people were waiting for Bill de Blasio to endorse Hillary Clinton. It was obvious he was going to. He wasn't going to endorse Bernie Sanders. Everybody kind of knew that. They were just kind of waiting for him to get off his ass and do it. And who knows why he took so long, but he did. And I guess there was a chunk in the show where... Uh, in this night of fundraising, the guy from Hamilton already did his number, uh, and they're all on stage together. It's Hillary mm-hmm. Clinton, Bill de Blasio, and the dude from Hamilton in his costume, in his little mm. 18th century, 18th, 18th century? Yeah, 1700s, 18th century. 18th century. Got yeah. it. Right. Costume, his Georgian outfit, I should say. And um, I guess there was a back and forth between Hillary Clinton and, and de Blasio, and it was a bit of a scripted little sticky thing. It was a night of, I guess, fundraising, and it was a, um, it's this recurring kind of comedy thing, I guess, is what it was. It yeah. was it's this yearly or maybe every four years during a presidential election. I don't know all the details about the evening, but it was meant to be a funny evening. Night of a dozen laughs. Yes, exactly. There were jokes, there was shtick, there was back and forth with politicians, comedians, and entertainers. Because nobody loosens up. Like Hillary Rodham Clinton. No, man. When the pants, hey, when that pantsuit unzips, <laughs> the party is on. Mm. Uh, anyway, so I guess there was a moment where she chided him for taking so long mm-hmm. to endorse. And uh, I guess he responded that it was CPT. Now, I didn't know this at the time. Mm. And people in the room, I guess, knew it. The room kind of, and I watched the video clip. Little groany, little titter, and then I guess Clinton responded, or maybe I, I'm not sure if I'm getting the order right, so I apologize. You guys can look it up. A lot of you know what I'm talking about, so I, I'm right. just going for this is for Dave. So you're up to right. speak with me here because I'm going to get to a question about performing and comedy and the All arts right. and everything. Nothing to do really with this particular standalone incident, but it leads to a larger thing I want to ask you about. Mm-hmm. And I guess the punchline to the moment was after the audience assumed what it meant. Now, apparently, it means, or in the vernacular of CPT, means colored person's time, mm. colored people's time. And it was meant as a, a slur or a, 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 a slanderous thing to say. Uh, I guess the uh, mythology that black people or people of color were slow in responding, slow mm-hmm. in showing up. Right. And so there became this joke. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it came from the white community toward the black community. I don't care. know if it got adopted within the black community and it kind of became like this joke, this wink and a nudge joke. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm, 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 I don't know anything about this. 
Uh, but this is how I heard about it. Mm-hmm. And it was like, oh, is that what that means? Okay. So people in the room, enough of them knew that that's kind of what that reference was. The punchline to the moment was then Clinton, and once again, I'm not sure if I have the order of how the joke got delivered. Whichever one of those two politicians waited, beat, 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 then rolled their eyes and looked at the audience and said, cautious politician time. I think mm-hmm. it was de Blasio that said it. Get it? The joke being that everybody in the room thinks they're saying, oh, my God, he's referring right, to CPT, right. colored people, people time. That's offensive. <gasps> in reality, he's oh, saying cautious politician time. Right. That's the joke. Sure. Okay. Uh, and obviously, it's it's worth mentioning that the guy from Hamilton on stage is an African-American guy. Of course, Bill de Blasio married to an African-American woman. Mm-hmm. Uh, Clinton, very popular in the African-American community. And that all enters into it. Now, mm-hmm. I heard about this, and and... As you know, I have a radar for this kind of thing, and I don't know why this is. I think I have – say what you want about my modesty, mm-hmm. <laughs> about its overdeveloped uh, sense of um, avoiding all – more, more humility, I think, than modesty. Okay. In this case, right. I have he's a, only He's only wearing a Speedo right only now. Only a Speedo. Here in the studio. Thank you. That's Thank it. You. you have any idea how hard it is to find a Speedo that will do the job it needs to do yeah. on a man with a six-foot-seven frame? Right. Special lycra was in, was imported from Russia, right? And the jester hat he's wearing just makes him look taller. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, but humility, H- humility. You're a I have a pretty well, pretty good sense. My bullshit detector is second to almost none. Mm-hmm. I can sense when and 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 as you know, as I mentioned earlier, one of the things I like to call bullshit on is is pretense and people. I guess pretense is the only word to describe it. Whenever you do something just for you want to be seen doing it, mm-hmm. rather than the reality of the situation, right. yes. whether it's a you know, it's fine to have a, a luxury this, a luxury that, a be overreactionary about that. Everybody's offended these days on social media, and let's be honest, the reason why is because you want to be seen being offended rather mm-hmm. than you really are. That's so true. Okay, so people were super offended. Well, not everybody. Some were. Mm-hmm. People of color, of course. Some were, some weren't. Some were like, fine. The guy that I think the the guy from Hamilton who was on stage during this moment, mm-hmm. I think, tweeted out he was fine with it. It's a joke. It's it's bringing up the subject matter of what this acronym means and then twisting it in your head. Mm-hmm. So the joke isn't even the fact that they're saying black people have their own time. Right. The joke is that you thought that's what we're saying. Yes, that was your jump to. That was your jump to. Which what you need to do to make the joke work. Right. By yeah, the way. Absolutely. The joke only works if you do jump to that. Mm-hmm. So I guess the question is, is it offensive? Are people being offended? And I didn't know what it was, so I looked it up on YouTube. I, I found it. I found the news story on it. I saw the clip, and I thought, no, it's a joke. They're not saying, you know, people mm-hmm. of color are slow. They're not saying that. Right. They're referring to an acronym that does say that mm-hmm. to set up the cautious politician time joke. Mm-hmm. Thus grabbing the audience and twisting it. So I, I go on in my typical way on social media. Anybody that knows me knows that I usually don't I don't I don't go gently into those kind of comments when I when I have to. I'm not rude about it. No. But I just say I, I, I try not to give any wiggle room. I say but some people are wondering and just and I think I said as a professional funny person, mm-hmm. the answer is no, this isn't offensive. Mm-hmm. Now, I didn't get a lot of pushback, but I got a teeny bit from one particular person. I don't want to embarrass that person, so I'm not mm-hmm. going to say their name, and, I, and I'm and i not in the business of making that person feel bad, but I just figured I wanted to get uh, to talk to you about it. Mm-hmm. This idea that comedy, and this is what I'm going to get to. I didn't care about that issue anymore, because mm-hmm. that happens a lot. If it was a poem mm-hmm. that brought up the subject matter, if it was a, a poet that brought up a racism and, and uh, stereotypes, for example, mm-hmm. 
of any race, uh, white, black, Asian, whatever, and talked about them and used poetry to kind of clear the air about it, it'd be acceptable. Mm-hmm. If it was a film about it, it would be acceptable. If it was a novel or short story, uh, a song, mm-hmm. it would be almost, it would be acceptable. For some reason, the art of comedy, mm-hmm. and I mean that's very, th- this is where my, well, I'll be pretentious a bit. This is where I will be mm-hmm. l- less modest again. There is an art to it. There's an art that I've been working at my whole life to, to get good at it. Mm-hmm. It can be used for social improvement. Mm-hmm. It stops being a usable tool the second people automatically assume just because it's said in a comedic sense that it that um, it loses all credibility to to to, to uh, for a force to help. Okay, that joke relies on the fact that you think they're going for the racial comment. Right. Once they hook you, the punchline is no, they're not. Now, granted, some people's mind think, yeah, but you made me think of that racially because you made me think of this racial thing. You meant it racially as a racially insulting thing. Well, that's just crap. Well, thank you. Okay, so then you you agree. It's absolute crap. All right. Uh, I think I think there's a couple things that are going into that. Number one is people have lost the ability to appreciate satire. Yeah. Well, you okay? I think I think by and large. Many people have lost the ability to appreciate satire. Satire is taking something that exists, blowing it up to show that perhaps it's not innocent. Perhaps it has problems. Perhaps you are taking something and expanding it and making it a much bigger deal or taking a different version of it to illustrate the problems with the thing you're satirizing by either taking it to a large extent, by taking another version of it. For instance, years ago, I was in Houston, Texas. I was in a show called Messing with Texas. Mm -hmm. And it was all about the stuff that happens in Texas. Mm -hmm. And I wrote a sketch about prehistoric Houston, like back in caveman days. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, the Brontosaurus had overturned on the freeway, causing a huge backup, (laughs) uh, et cetera, et cetera. You know, just stupid stuff. But the main crux of the thing was all the work was being done by lizard men. Okay. who uh, everyone in Houston just treated like animals. Well, they're just lizard men. Obviously, a, stu- a, you know, a scathing indictment of the way they treated uh, you know, um, Mexican immigrant workers mm-hmm. uh, in their thing. This was a sketch done live? This was a sketch done live. Did you have Latino actors playing the lizard uh, people? We had, uh, we had a couple of Latino actors in the cast. Yeah, but they, yeah. but they played it like they were Latino people. So it was a commentary on the... It was the, absolutely okay. a commentary. It there was a go. lizard man with big green horns okay. who talked in a uh, comical uh, Speedy Gonzalez sort right. of accent. Okay. So he could not be mistaken. <laughs> These are... Because <Okay. laughs> really some people will be offended just by the very existence of Speedy Gonzalez. Exi- yes. I, yes. Yes, exactly. Right. Uh, and one of my own castmates. Oh, jeez. Uh, who was not Hispanic. Uh, Hispanic Hispanic people in the cast, hilarious. Thought it was uh, really funny, yeah. really bold and daring. Non-Hispanic person in the cast refused to be a part of the sketch because she thought it was incredibly racist. Mm-hmm. Because I was having people speak in stereotypical, comical uh, accents. Yeah. Um, and that... Uh, even though the point of the joke was the the joke that even back in prehistoric times, they still white people that, were right. still... So this is really saying, hey, white, whitey, right. knock off the, uh, the the looking down your nose at the, the, the Latino people. In the right. And we live in Los Angeles here where that is... Oh, my God, deep-seated to right, an unbelievable sure. level. Yeah. Also, one of the lizard people had invented fire. 
and uh, the white the, person took credit took for it. all the credit. There you go, it. even more commentary, like all that stuff. And, and this was a white person that this was, was a white person who said okay. that this I won't be part of a racist sketch because really you're not fooling anybody. Uh-oh. You're just saying you're saying the lizards, but they're obviously Mexicans. Which the answer is you yes, fucking racist. And I'm like, mm. yes, yes, they are Mexicans. Aha, said my <laughs> cast member. Um, okay, well, like, that's satire. That is similar to this situation. That's a very good point. That's a very mm-hmm. good point. And, and I'm glad you brought that's a good example. I'm glad that's a good good example. So, are we losing sight of? And you brought it to a different subject, actually. That, mm-hmm. And I'm glad you brought that up. Are but but. Here's the deal. Stephen Colbert, who is now uh, who's now no longer doing that character. Right. The the conservative Stephen Colbert character, which was a wonderful piece of satire every week, and I miss it which so much. Which lasted for years. It and was I an miss amazing it so run. Much. I wish he hadn't moved to CBS. Anyway, that's my own personal. I, I want the old character back. Anyway, be that as it may, mm-hmm. you would think that we'd be in a wonderful satirical renaissance right now because of that sure well i people get it okay they're playing characters they're exaggerating their 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 negative qualities Mm -hmm. to enlighten us and to 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 bring social commentary whether it's commentating on uh white people holding themselves above uh people of uh of uh brown skin folks from Mm -hmm. from mexico or in the case of the political comment i made uh, a, a racial kind of acronym slur but really being twisted to mean something completely different. But hey, we got you because you were thinking about this racial slur. But it it doesn't have to mean that. It can also mean this sort of empowering the people that hear it, saying, "Look, we we can get rid of these racial aspects in our life if mm-hmm. we merely joke about them, joke them away, say it means something else." And guess what? You've now taken some of the, you know, you've owned it mm-hmm. in much way. You know, and in much the way the hip hop community owned the N word, mm-hmm. which I still don't say, just because I know that I don't want to start that. That wildfire again, and by mm-hmm. the way, I don't want you to say it either. Because oh, it, it ain't it. worth it. No, I'm you're so not. So about to say, you're it. not going to say it. No, but say it. I don't know if we've have we have we lost now. How much of it is this now? Now you mentioned your thing in Houston. That was pre Facebook. I'm that, that, that was pre Facebook. Yes, okay. my thing was current but that Facebook. Was, but that was during the. You remember the first blossoming of political correctness? Yes, I was back in the '90s. We didn't even know what that term meant. Yeah, it was coined then. Yeah, and you had to be politically correct. Don't say or do anything that would hurt someone's right. Feelings. And then Bill Maher started the show Politically Incorrect, incorrect which was right. a comedy slash political panel show, mm-hmm. similar to the one he currently has, right? But different set. Yeah, right. But that was the first blossoming of that, where suddenly everything was wrong. Everybody mm-hmm. was equal. No one should be judged. You shouldn't recognize sex. And I think I know where it race. comes from class anything and i think and this goes back to the pretense thing the, pre- mm-hmm. the 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 pretension of it i think a lot of what is is currently uh fueling that mm-hmm. is look how smart i am or look how enlightened i am that i'm offended by the right thing mm-hmm. and i'm by yes. the way not the first to say that this is i can't take i've heard other people say it smarter people than me much more articulate people than me i'm just repeating it see i'm being so modest humble. again so humble i know but and and that's a problem for me because there has to be other ways to make yourself a better person they can't be look i got offended by the right thing i was offended by the thing that clinton did with de blasio and the guy from hamilton therefore i am socially enlightened right those people are bad. I am I'm filled better. with anger and outrage. It's Schadenfreude and, or run amok. It's Schadenfreude. Nothing further. It's Schadenfreude or run amok. Express my anger. Express my outrage. Well, how do we get out of that? Stop. Well, how do, do we get out of that? Else. How do we as funny people? And, and, and I was not rude. And to go back to the, my, my experience was I had a friend who I won't, don't want to embarrass her. Mm-hmm. And I tried to explain it. 
uh, and I tried, and I had a couple friends jump into my little thread on Facebook, and they tried to explain it. I had one of my uh, fans slash friends. Um, it's still out there. People can find it. I didn't get rid of it. Did anybody use the words mansplaining or check your privilege? Uh, they that? did. Yeah, they sure used white splaining. I'm sure they I did. was accused of white splaining, yeah. uh, which, of course, is a, a dog whistle for racism. Right. Sure. So I essentially got accused of being a racist. Yep. Now, I, didn't, I let that go because I figured, well... You know, boy, you, and that's when I disengaged. I said, enough, enough. Mm -hmm. And uh, I asked the person, what do you think the joke is? I took it down to the comedy roots. I figured, let me take this down to the comedy roots, the mm -hmm. comedy DNA of what's going on. Mm -hmm. And they responded with the whole racial, this means this, da da da. So, in other words, they responded that it was a racial joke implying that. Uh, black people are slow to respond and, and they they don't sh uh, show up at appointments on time, so, mm -hmm. which of course is what the original acronym means. Of course, that's not the thrust of the joke and I responded as in my usual style with no wiggle room, you're incorrect. Right. And as, and I believe I can pat myself on the back here, I am an expert in comedy. Mm -hmm. I went on to explain what the real comedy was, what we already explained in this mm -hmm. thing, which brings you to another issue. It seems that if you try to claim to be an expert in things like comedy, performing, the arts in general, mm -hmm. I guess, but in particular, uh, comedy arts. Mm -hmm. Everybody thinks they have a good sense of humor. Mm -hmm. And let me go on record here for everybody listening. No, you don't. <laughs> you don't all have a good sense of humor. No. Okay. No. Two, everybody thinks they know what's funny. N let me go on record here again. No, you don't. Right. You person listening. I don't mean that particular person. I don't care if they're listening. But in general, everybody take a step back. Unless you're on stage doing thousands of shows a year in front of thousands of audiences a year, making thousands of people laugh a year, you are not an expert in comedy. And guess what? It's okay to not be. I am not an expert at flying a 737, and I'm glad I'm not. Because when mm -hmm. I get in the plane and I fly to Chicago to do a show, the guy in the front of the plane or the woman in front of the plane is the expert. Mm -hmm. And I'm totally fine with that. I'm not going to go on social media and say, here's what you did wrong when you did that one turnover Albuquerque when right. we went to the Jetway 4. You, your aileron went up two more percentage points, <laughs> and it should. Shut up. I'm an idiot. Right. There are experts in comedy, and it's okay to not be that. Well, it's a, it's a lot like, if you want to make an analogy, I think it's like cooking. It's like cooking. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody can mostly make a sandwich. Yeah. Everybody can say, this ice cream is tasty, or mm -hmm. ah, I don't like That's this. That's a matter of taste. That's a matter of taste. That's, exactly. Which it's is a fine. Of taste. You have your own taste, and you have a right to your own taste, mm -hmm. but the sort of uh, democratic opinion uh, you, you concept of that everybody's entitled to their own opinion, of course you're entitled to your own opinion, right. but you have an opinion about your opinion you like something or you don't like something you don't necessarily have a right to judge something as being good or bad or we have a right to I, I i do want to stop there and i would cut you off there because yeah. i don't want to be on record as that you have a right to think whatever you want of course you do yes of course you do yes. but you be offended that person that was offended by the joke that i was kind of you know and i was trying to talk her down a little bit mm -hmm. she has a right to be offended sure and if it's she's listening opinion. good for you yeah but i have a right to have it be an expert in comedy and tell right. you that maybe your understanding of the joke is incorrect. Yeah. And guess what? Because I'm an expert at this and you're not, and this goes also back to our Facebook culture, mm -hmm. everybody's opinion matters now. Equal. Everybody's opinion matters, yes. Mm -hmm. But when it comes to a joke, guess whose opinion is going to matter more? Mine or you? 
if you're not a comedy person, guess what? I win that argument because my opinion is backed up by years and years and years of experience. The pilot of the plane has a better, more valid opinion on how mm-hmm. bumpy the flight was sure. and how he could have avoided it than I do. Sure. Well, let's. I mean, let's make that a little more palatable. Let's uh, this cooking analogy. Pretty goddamn palatable. You know. Sure. Hey, I like what you did there. Palatable went right to a food reference. Right. You can decide whether you like this lasagna. Yes, I've made. Yes, I can. You can like that lasagna. Mm-hmm. You can go get a recipe and make your own lasagna. Mm-hmm. Yes, you absolutely can. I want lasagna. No, but there are people out there who have studied things, who create those recipes that you make, mm-hmm. who you know spend years studying about mm-hmm. preparation and technique and ingredients, who can come up with spontaneous dishes that don't. Mm-hmm. You know, they have restaurants that you go and you're willing to pay a lot more money to, mm-hmm. and and to an extent. You know, that's very similar to the comedy world. There are giant, you know, super chefs. There are huge comedians. Mm-hmm. And you kind of respect that. But on a general level, most people are like, yeah, I can cook. I'm, I'm a great cook. I'm mm-hmm. a great cook. I can make, uh, I've got a hamburger helper here. I do a lot. I put a little garlic salt on top of it. That's my little secret. Yeah. And uh, so I'm awesome. And therefore, I'm able to judge whether this flan is, uh, you know, a success or not. Um, mm, and I don't sure. think that necessarily follows. You know, there are people yeah. that are experts at it and yeah. that you can accept. But somehow in comedy, we're all just we're all just the same. Yeah. For some reason, comedy and, and, and this drives me nuts. And please don't do this. People that aren't in the comedy world. If you're offended by a joke, here's the fallback. Don't do this. There's a lot of things you don't do in the world of pop culture. Don't be the guy that yells out Freebird. <laughs> okay when a guy brings out a guitar an acoustic right. guitar in an environment where that words playing that song is inappropriate that mm-hmm. was not funny when it was first done right uh don't be the guy that still says that's what she says right okay also don't be the person that's offended by the joke and then in their commentary about why they're offended don't sum up and say and 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 besides all that it just wasn't funny Mm-hmm. People always do that. They always think that if they can remove the fact that something was funny, I'm just going to say that it wasn't funny, therefore now I can criticize the mm-hmm. satire aspect of it. Right. You don't get to do that because comedy is subjective. Forget everything Dave and I just said here. Uh, you and I just said uh, you do have taste. You can decide what's funny or not. That's fine. But just because you deem that it's not funny and therefore you think that opens it up and now you can criticize it. Mm-hmm. That doesn't fly anymore. That, it absolutely doesn't fly. It never flew. It, no. It never flew. Things can be offensive and funny. Okay? And how about that? That's true. Now, are, and, you, fami- are you familiar? I don't want to cut you off by any means. Don't cut me off for a second. Okay, I'm no. on a roll here. On, on no. Just on, on one thing. No, no. I just want to say where the passion comes from. As yeah. you know, I'm not a very passionate guy with a lot of things in the world. And, 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 and this bothers me because it's a slippery slope. Mm-hmm. And that's why. And if that person's listening, people, anybody else who might be disagreeing with me right now, they're like, Brian, let it go. Who cares? They were offended. Why do you care so much? I care so much because where does that idea end? Everything can be offensive in some way mm-hmm. to anybody. A- anything you say could be offensive to anybody. Sure. Now, it doesn't mean you go and say horribly racial racial jokes, but if we, as artists, as performers that are trying to make laughter, and as you say, and, and importantly so, understanding this context and in, 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 in the sense of Stephen Colbert mm-hmm. and this moment with Clinton up there, in the world of satire, which is speaking about our culture, that loses all of its power if we have to now be careful if we're going to offend. Mm-hmm. It does not work. And guess what? Now you lose a very valuable art form that can do social commentary. Mm-hmm. A lot of things changed 
well, or at least got nudged by Stephen Colbert calling stuff out as the extreme right wing character he plays. Mm-hmm. A lot of things on the John Oliver show, you know, on HBO, they do some wonderful satire there. Uh, you know, it, it, it's calling stuff out. Mm-hmm. It's it's at least putting a magnifying glass on it. Mm-hmm. And as soon as we have to start kowtowing to somebody that says, I was offended because there was a racial component to that. And that's the important thing. Does this now mean you can't make any racial component as part of a joke? Even if it's commentating on the very racial component you put in there and trying to put a light on it going, maybe this is wrong, so I'm going to make a joke involving it. Right. You, with your sketch in Houston, bringing up the very, very wrong, unfortunate social dynamic of white people living above brown people, mm-hmm. you know, living above whatever, you know, like back in Brave New World, for example. Mm-hmm. Whatever the top people were called, the elites or whatever. And then there was the prawls down at the bottom, mm-hmm. right? When I, I think it was alphas. If you wanted to be there, an you alpha. go alpha. Thank you. I, I'm just a beta. <laughs> okay, he, I read it in junior high school. I can't remember, sure. but anyway, you know, we 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 just can't do that anymore. Mm-hmm. So that's what I wanted to say. Anyway, well, where yeah. that ends is where does it end? Yeah. Where that ends is Jerry Seinfeld and Chris Rock don't perform on college campuses anymore. Oh right, that's oh, where that point. ends. So that's where it's starting with. It's starting with young people, mm-hmm. which is r- ridiculous to me. Yeah, the whole but the young people are being yeah. more offended. Mm-hmm. When we were kids, it was the old people that are offended by us. Mm-hmm. Isn't that insane? Yes. That's insane. It is insane. It's it's even driving our political thing. Have you noticed? I mean, and I, once again, I don't care about what you support politically. I don't care if you're Republican, Democrat, conservative, liberal, who you vote for. But maybe that's a lot. It seems to me that's a lot what's behind this the Bernie bro situation. Mm-hmm. By the way, I don't care if you're a Bernie supporter. If you are not, I don't care. Don't write a letter to me. I don't care. <laughs> Chill out on Facebook. Maybe the fact that you don't care is part of the problem, Brian. I don't want to. If you see- did care, this country wouldn't be going hand in hand. I don't want to see ninety memes drop on the podcast page. <laughs> that you know, right? It just like your candidate for your candidate. It seems like in the political movement right now of the Sanders side of things, it seems less about liking the candidate and more about being seen liking the candidate. Mm. And the best way to do that is to show how much you dislike the other candidate. The other candidate obviously on the Democrat side is the is Hillary Clinton right. before mentioned. So that seems to me uh right in the same wheelhouse of what we're talking about. Yeah, it, it's I like, think I think it is. Yeah, and it's like I, notice how offended I am by the status quo represented by this other thing, and I'm I'm somehow better than you because I like you know such and such a candidate. Right. Well, in this, I mean, in this country, in our society, and possibly in every society, I don't know. I haven't been around for a long time. Um, I, I think there's everybody, especially young people, are desperately trying to figure out their identity and yeah. their uniqueness, and the way most of them go about that is through a process of finding out what all the other unique people are doing and then doing exactly the same thing. Yeah. And this, in this climate, one of the ways to show that I am cool is to, uh, be super offended at things that are racist, super offended about things that have to do with sexuality. Um, and then you have on the other side, which is to denounce anything that has anything to do with any sort of, uh, non, uh, middle of the road sexuality, like all the crap about you know I mean, super conservatism. So yeah. there's super conservatism, super, conservatism, super liberalism. Yes, okay. And they're both. Let's call them that. Super and super. Super and super. You know. Right. And listen, I know a lot of liberals. I know a lot of conservatives. I'm both liberal and conservative. Mm-hmm. I'm totally fine. But yes, it swept on both ends of that spectrum. They're reacting and screaming. I don't like that. Also, this is offensive to me. See, I'm one of you. We're all yeah. together and being offended by that. I just never thought I'd see it, and you know, in my lifetime, that uh, a part. I mean, it's it's just weird that 
especially on the lib- super liberal side of things, mm-hmm. that it has become to we in order to uh, raise this person, we need to tear down that person. Right. And that that has always seemed to me something that wasn't really a liberal way of doing things. It was liberalism. I always thought it as something that let's not tear anybody down. Let's all a rising tide raises all boats. Mm-hmm. You know. And now it suddenly it seems no. We got to sink that boat so ours can float. Right, exactly. And when did Let's that happen? All those boats out of the way. Fuck so we can all those sail boats. Sail into the sunset. I don't know. Yeah. Well, I've got to go back to Barry Sobel. Barry, Barry Sobel. Sobel. Comedian. Do you know the Barry Sobel? I remember Barry Sobel, and let me see if I remember him correctly. All he right. was one of the rare successful white comedians that would play Showtime at the Apollo. Yes, that's absolutely right. Yeah. Yeah. And he would, uh, he did rap, he did all sorts of stuff. His, but his main thing for me, the most brilliant piece he ever did, and look him up, Barry Sobel, S O B E L. He's still got stuff out there. He's still working. Is he? You know, he's still working. Because he was young. Yeah, he was oh young. Oh, my God, he was young. Yeah, we did comedy together at the comedy workshop. He seemed in, very uh, young. So he's our age. Texas. Yeah. He's older than us. Yeah, just a couple of years, but not, yeah, not much. A brilliant guy. Okay. And his big routine for me was you know what? You're right. You're right. All racial stereotypes is, are wrong. They have no basis in fact whatsoever. They're all just terrible. They're there for no reason. You know what? Uh, and then he just go on a huge list of, uh, you know what? Irish people, very good at controlling their alcohol intake. Uh, Asian people are excellent drivers. Uh, white guys have huge penises. Black guys, some of them tiny dicks. Absolutely. Uh, people from the Middle East, exemplary personal hygiene skills. So incredible. And he would just go on, on, and, on and, and on and on. Jewish guys are constantly picking up Well, checks. there's that comedian now. A female, a female comedian uh, wears like the house kind of, she wears like a 50s looking house dress often on stage. I'm blanking on her name. Very funny. Yeah. Very filthy. Very racially tinged. She gets away with it, and she talks about it all the time because she has, at the end, she ends the show with I love you all and blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And she admits doing exactly what we're kind of talking about, about tearing down those stereotypes. And mm-hmm. let's make fun of everything. Therefore, there is no offense at the end of the day. Right. I can't remember her name. A lot of you out there are probably going to go ahead and put it on sure. the podcast. Yeah, put it on the podcast. Page. But I think what Barry Sobel did, which was so brilliant, was uh-huh. to turn all of those stereotypes on their head. Because, right. uh, listen... Every single person has some, just as, as Louis C.K. says, just just a mild tinge of racism, just a just a little tinge, or as they say in Avenue Q, everybody's a little bit racist. Mm-hmm. So we have these thoughts in our heads right. that, as mature people, we don't, you know, go out and make a big deal of. We don't thing, but you know, there's there's some. We don't say most Mexicans coming over the border are racists or, or I'm sorry, rapists. No and, uh, thieves. And <laughs> no one would say that. No, no one sane person. No one would say would that. Would say that. <laughs> but hey, hey, uh, unless I say what I mean, which makes me, you know, yeah, mm, yeah. right. Uh, Vote Brian. <laughs> hey. Brian Dave and the Wolf. <laughs> Uh, so he took those and he just exploded them and right. did the exact opposite of every stereotype that he right. could think of. And what's so hilarious is that we all recognize that. Yeah. You know, we all recognize that. Oh, man. You know, and he stabs it. It's, it's brilliantly done. Mm. It's Sarah brilliant. Silverman. Is, um, and that's not the comedian I was thinking right. of, but there is another comedian who also on her show will drop plenty of those things. You see her live. Uh, we saw her live, Marie and I, and it was great. And she she just exposed that crap. And I guess you got to be unapologetic. So the lesson I learned here talking with you about it is, yeah. one, probably, why do I even need to stick my head 
<laughs> into well i should you know just for the yeah. record not offensive right. or i should next time say i'm not offended there you go yeah take my own personal thing sure sure well that's a very fair statement but right. it, it sort of takes the teeth out of your arguing from a position right. of comedy expertise which you absolutely have well somebody's got to be god damn it Sure. <laughs> you know and they're yeah. way more talented people than me that can do it and sure. uh and you're right about you know seinfeld and those guys not doing college campuses anymore it sucks yeah. well there are a lot of people i think out there who you know in the past have said racist things just for the just for the attention just for the the quick gasp of humor the same thing with dirty jokes right you know if you're doing them if you're so saying let's exercise that let's exercise let's i want to wrap this subject up yeah. let's exercise that demon of needing to say Look how uh, politically liberal I am because I support uh, candidate whatever, right. and in my way of doing that is to saying how much I hate this candidate. Mm-hmm. Great, you're politically liberal, go for it. But hey, tell us, tell us instead that you like your guy and why he's great. You don't need to mention the other guy, really. I mean, and I'll tell you who I like, and I'll tell you why. I won't even mention your guy. Mm-hmm. If you're offended by uh, a, a racial thing that really isn't really a racial thing, you can be offended by it. But you know, I don't know how I don't know how to exercise mm-hmm. that part. I only really helped, really, I guess, with the whole political identity thing. Yeah. Tell us yeah. who you like. Tell us why you're voting for who you like. And try very hard to do it without mentioning who they're running against. There you go. And if you can't do that, hmm, there you go. There's a litmus test. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, sure. if, if you're for candidate A and in your conversation as to why you like candidate A, you can't help but mention because who wants to be involved in the blah, you know, mm-hmm. corruptness mm-hmm. Of, of candidate B. And right. then when you're asked about the corruptness, you don't really have, you can't fill in the blanks any better than dropping a bunch of blue links. Sure. If you're sure. a blue link person, there you go. If you <laughs> cut and paste links into Facebook, eh, you're probably down that rabbit hole. Right. So let's get to some uh, listener questions real quick, then we'll wrap this show up. Uh, if you always have a question for the show, you can drop them in any time. We will always get to them. Uh, I'm going to read a few from my thing here, but always go over to uh, The Brian Howard Show's uh, Facebook page. Go to Facebook and search The Brian Howard Show. You can get see it there. Uh, first question from Annie, Amy Ritter, uh, R-E-I-T-E-R. Writer? That Ritter. sounds like writer to me. Okay, Amy, I'm going to say writer. Uh, what percentage of tax dollars will go towards hanging a giant Trump sign on the front of the White House asking for a friend? Oh, Lord. <laughs> I think uh, if Trump were to win, uh, I don't know. Would he put the name on? I think, I, think, I think he would argue hard to stay in his house. In his tower, just in his own house. No, I think he'd. St- well, he lives now yeah. in the or one of his many thirty houses. I think he'd want to sure. stay in Manhattan. I think he'd change some sort of weird constitutional thing where, you know, he doesn't even have to stay there. Well, I, I, how many days of the year did uh, George Bush spend on vacation? On vacation. Oh, that's true. He <laughs> Not did. in the White House. Well, there you go. How many? I think. I think. You know, I think a better question. Taxes. A better question, Amy, is how much will we have to pay to have the entire White House gold plated or covered in gold leaf? Oh. With a giant lit up flashing Trump sign on top of it. <laughs> Carolyn With says, yay, podcast. Jennifer Lynn, listener Jennifer Lynn, oh, asks, how sad are you that Jenny Lynn isn't recording with you, to, uh, with you today? Also asking for a friend. Huh. We're very sad, Jenny. Get yourself over here as quickly as you can. I don't think this show needs a feminine vibe. You don't think so? No. I think it just So then you shouldn't be here next down. week? Just, oh, oh, snap. Next question from Rich Co- Rick Coke. Uh, K-O-C-H, so that's Coke, that's right? That's Coke. R- Rick Coke, yeah. If you were elected POTUS, President of the United States, what would you do to prevent another Transformers movie from being made? Asking for a friend. They're all ending their comments <laughs> like this. Uh, we could t- duct tape Michael Bay to a chair. 
I mean, what else would you do? Sure. Well, first of all, I wouldn't abuse the power of the federal government to get involved in America's uh, thriving arts community. That's that's my answer. Oh, how dare you, sir? How dare how you, Rick? How dare you? Yeah. It's some Orwellian. Rick Koch has another one. Culture. Oh. Same same guy uh, as right. POTUS. Uh, where do you stand? Would it be, I'm just reading this, so I have no idea if it's going to get racist and weird here in a Let's second. Let's find out. Would it be in the center of the room, in a corner, or possibly on a table, asking for a friend? As it, POTUS, where would you stand? Uh, center of the room, because I'm the tallest guy in the room, and I'm the tent pole, which holds up the massive tent of the Brian Howard political party. I can give no better answer. There you go. That was great. Center of the room. Yep. So, ladies and gentlemen, as you wrap things up, thank you to our new listeners for finding the show. You probably got an email from me. You probably got a Facebook post from me. Go ahead and subscribe to the show. Uh, you can do that one of a couple ways. You go over to Brian Howard Comedy. Under this episode, you can hit the subscribe button. It'll fire up whatever you listen to podcast whether, uh, podcasts with, whether it be iTunes or what have you on your Windows computer. I don't know what that is. Uh, you can also subscribe at iTunes. That way, every new episode will be dumped down into your pocket, into whatever the hell you listen to podcast entertainment on. On. Uh, please support the show, as we said, by going over to the Donate Now button. Uh, that's also at the website, brianhowardcomedy.com. I think it says Donate. It might say mm-hmm. Contribute. I'm not sure what it says. It says one. It's an obvious word. You're smart people. Figure it out. And right. as Dave mentioned, if you're going to go shopping for anything, I don't care what it is, before you fire up Amazon, don't do it. Go to brianhowardcomedy.com. Go to the Amazon button. It's a very obvious button. Click on that. It'll fire up Amazon for you. You shop like you normally would. And then at the end of the purchase, you don't get charged an extra dime extra. I can use the word extra one more time in that sentence, but we get a couple nickels, a couple shekels, a couple Mm -hmm. drachma. Uh, I am going to be appearing uh, starting in June for one week up at the Oregon Renaissance uh, Festival. I will also be, after that, appearing at the Great Lakes Medieval Fair, then heading my way up to Washington uh, for the Washington Midsummer Renaissance Festival, as well as appearing every now and then at Scott Neary's Booby Trap every uh, Wednesday Check that out. They're moving from their old location, Echo Park, to their new location at Fado Doe. Fado Doe. Which is in the Palms region of L.A. Eh, what you call so. that strip. Yeah. People in the L.A. area, again, look for it when I appear there. I'll put it up on the uh, Facebook page. Uh, come out and see me uh, as part of Scott Neary's Booby Trap. It's a lovely, fun night of variety, fun entertainment. Dave, you're going to be where? I, I'm often at uh, Scott Neary's Booby Trap. It's an awesome, insane time. But I, I mentioned that. Where else? You did. I, actually, let me just say this before I say where I'm going to, before I do a plug. Last thing, oh, a geez. huge part I, of I had the show so well wrapped I up. Well, I just want to throw this so up. well wrapped just up. Just go back and edit it and At stick this in the middle somewhere. At the very end of Puccini, I don't go. You know what? The one more thing I want to sing about. But just the, do one uh, more thing. But there's some tiramisu at the end of the meal. All right, nice tell your thing. sell your thing, but do it in an Italian accent. All right. <laughs> I just think that a huge part of a comedy is a taking a something terrible and is shining a light on it. Making a fun of it because things can't live in the dark when you shine the light of a comedy. Oh. So saying we can't make fun of a terrible things, that allows the terrible things to continue to fester and grow and rot into the darkness. All That's right. all I'm saying. Thank you, Chico Marx. Be part of the solution, not part of the problem. And you're going to be at the Magic I Castle. I will be at the Magic Castle in both uh, the first week of June and uh, the Charlatans will be appearing in the last week of August. In July, you can catch me in Delaware at the Dickens uh, Parlor Theater uh, in uh, near Rehoboth Beach. Mm, uh, I've been there. It's an awesome time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, of course... Um, 
find me online at the Dave Cox Show. Dave Cox Show. Also, want to throw some love to our uh, other co-hosts not here today. Jack Dagger is the co-host of a podcast called the Six Fingered Movie Show. It's exactly like it sounds. Gone over there. SixFingeredMovieShow.com. Look for it. iTunes. It's a wonderful podcast he does with another dude talking all about movies. I'm going to be a guest on that soon, as I think you are as well, I Dave. Will too. So, on behalf of my good buddy Dave Cox, uh, we want to thank you all for listening. This is your internet buddy Brian Howard saying. Cheers, everybody. So long.